0: Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This is the GM Shuffle. The Eagles
1: are playing Gonzaga's schedule in basketball. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. I mean, they got Green Bay, but who else? Are they, who else? Like, Tell me where they get five losses. Tell me where they get... You know, four losses. How can't they be 13 and four? You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and V Sin. Here is Femi Abebafe.
0: Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VEASAN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our buddy and producer, Stephen Bond, with us, as always, on the ones and twos. Michael, happy week number four. We got a lot to get into, starting with a new quarterback for the New York Jets. is the old quarterback that we saw last year, Zach Wilson, scheduled to make his 2022 regular season debut on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Yeah, you know, look, uh, on the surface, it says, well, the Steelers are not very good. Well, I I think this is the one team you don't want to go play, especially in Pittsburgh, if you're a young quarterback who hasn't had a lot of preseason reps. Because I think, you know, if you could play it, does DraftKings have a prop for Minka Fitzpatrick to have an interception? Because I would play that. (laughs) I I would play that immediately. Like, I think Zach Wilson's going to throw some. Behind this bad offensive line of the Jets, yeah. I mean, look, they—they're going to play them. Your, your boy Salai couldn't wait to come out and announce he was going to play them. So, you know, we shall see. I, I think it's going to be a fun thing. Pittsburgh's had rest. I don't know. I mean, this Jet team to me is—they have a lot. They have a lot of good players. They're just not a team. When you watch them, they become very frustrating. As I said on the pod the other day, you're gonna—it's going to be a long, long, long. Did I emphasize long before (laughs) I ever say that Jets are going to be,
0: you know, should be the favorite? It's funny. uh, They don't have a Minka Fitzpatrick prop, but they do have a Zach Wilson prop. The interceptions prop is at a half and the over is minus 230. So the betting market (laughs) is expecting Zach Wilson to maybe throw at least one to the guys who are in black and gold.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're going to get one. I mean, look, that's the, you know, it's funny that it's, it's as I've often said on this podcast, there's a way to win games. There's a way to lose games. And if you understand that a bad team like Chicago can be 2-1, and one, a bad team like the Giants can be 2-1 and one who play each other, but the Jets don't understand that, and they're completely lost. This, And I think a lot of it is maturity on the quarterback. We'll find out if he's mature enough. Did he prepare? Mm-hmm. How much has he been working on this? I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I really do.
0: Wilson missing all of that time. How do you think that impacts him now coming back after he had the knee injury in the first week of the preseason? He didn't look good his rookie season, yeah. so we don't really no. know what to expect, but at least that last impression, he was a quarterback who was turnover worthy and also one that just made bad decisions on the field. And he's going against a team that does a good job
1: disguising coverage. You know, they're, they they were, you know, they got beaten Thursday night up in Cleveland. You know, Tomlin's going to have them ready to go, and they're going to do a good job of kind of messing around with them. And I think this is a hard game for him to play fast, you know, to get going. Now, they don't have T.J. Watts, so that makes a difference. But Highsmith has rushed pretty well. I think this is a hard game. This is a hard matchup for the Jets. I'm surprised, Femi, I, I like your point of view on this. I was surprised when the line came out and and it was three, three and and a half. It's kind of flux between. But when the Wilson news came, I thought the line would go up a little bit just because mm-hmm. he's going to turn the ball over.
0: Now, on the other side, it's interesting. Miss Trubisky, he's had his struggles, but I didn't think he played terribly on Thursday night against Cleveland, especially in the first half. I thought he was solid. Second half, they couldn't move the ball whatsoever there. But Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk came out with the report on the radio station saying that Ms. Trubisky could be playing for his job in this game and that if he struggles, could be replaced by the rookie Kenny Pickett at some point during this game. What do you think of this Trubisky-Pickett situation that's now starting to brew a little bit now that we're into the month of October? I got to
1: feel like he's going to play good against this Robert Salai. I know what you're in coverage. I can anticipate it. It's the perfect place for him if he gets protection, you know, because he's going to have a middle of the field closed all the time. It's going to be an eight-man front. And it's going to be pretty easy to realize that, you know, what he has on the outside. Look, they've got skill players in Pittsburgh. There's no denying it now. They really do. Whether it's Claypool, whether it's Pickens, whether it's Johnson, whether it's Frymouth, Muth. I mean, they're good. They And they can challenge the Jets in the back end if they can protect. I get the sense that because of the predictability of their coverages and how they have to practice, I think it'll go... In the game, like it goes in practice for Trubisky, and I think he'll be effective at that.
0: Well, let's stay in the AFC North here, Michael. Uh, some scary news earlier this week with Cleveland Brown star pass rusher Miles Garrett involved in a single car accident where reportedly the Porsche that he was driving flipped several times. Ended up, thankfully, walking away with just some minor injuries, uh, by and large, there, when you look at this thing from, from an accident standpoint. But Garrett had a bicep injury, also had a couple other injuries as well. It's really scary where life happens, and we sometimes forget about this when we cover the football and, and talk about these games from a week-to-week basis, that these guys are just like us, making their commutes to and from work and I don't know if Garrett's going to be able to play. We haven't heard anything from the coaching staff, with Kevin Stefanski, anything like that. They're not ruling him out as of now, but I'd find it hard to believe that he plays. But as a general manager, someone who's been in that position, uh, what's going through your mind when you hear some news like that with your best player in the franchise potentially being in a pretty bad accident?
1: Yeah, and, and going way too fast, right? I mean, and this isn't the first time he's gone over 100. I guess he was going over 100 miles an hour from what I read from the reports, whether they're accurate or not. Look, I mean... You know, it's something I tell my kids all the time. Uh, you know, and I tell every uh, any anybody I, like think three times before you go out, right? Like, you don't need to go 100 miles an hour. I know you got a Porsche and you want to tear it racing down the streets, Bruce Springsteen like. But I mean, come on, mm-hmm. take care of yourself. This is your job. You got to protect yourself. It just doesn't make any sense to me, Femi. Why there's this sense to do that? And look, they got a tough game this week. This Atlanta Falcon team now. I mean, they're terrible on defense. We know that. I mean, they're just horrible. But You know, Cordell Patterson averages 6.2 yards per carry. might be the best running back in football. Nobody's talked about it, but he might be. You know, and Mariota's running the ball, and they're getting plays from the receiving court. They can make plays. They've got skilled players, and the ball's coming out. Mariota has played better than I anticipated him playing, and Cleveland's going to be really challenged. They're going to be challenged. Now, Cleveland's not going to be stopped. I mean, this is a game that Cleveland has to have the ball 36 minutes. They have to. Mm -hmm. And they could. They could easily. I mean, the, 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 the Falcons are 48% on third-down defense. They're not good.
0: Yeah, yeah hopefully Miles Garrett is all good. I mean, that's what it sounds like from the reports. He was able to walk away from that accident. Nobody, thankfully, was, uh, was hurt uh, badly by that accident. There are just some minor injuries. But, yeah, a tough situation for the Cleveland Browns who now have to go to Atlanta, like you mentioned, whose offense is pretty good. Uh, Michael, things are getting a little spicy up in Foxborough, the folks out there, they're all in a frenzy. (laughs) They're all in a frenzy after our podcast on Tuesday where you were talking about Mac Jones and the kind of the struggles he's had with the turnovers uh, so far here through three weeks of the regular season. ESPN reporter Mike Reese, who does a good job of covering the Patriots up there in Foxborough, had the transcript of what you said about Mac Jones on Tuesday. Uh, What do you make of all the the hubbubaloo that's going on over there? Everyone thinks that you got some sort of insight into what Belichick is saying about Mac Jones and all that. I think this is a good time you to address that here on the pod well i mean look
1: i watch the tape right i've spent 35 plus years watching football players i mean that's what i do for a living i don't need somebody to tell me or to put a cover story out is bill one of my closest friends in life yeah there's no doubt i love the man i'm not going to deny that i think he's the greatest coach of all time and i think he's done a remarkable job of the six super bowls and all I, I'm not carrying his water. I'm what I'm doing is what Howard Cosell said, and I wrote about it in my next book, uh, where you know if you see it, you've got to say it, right? If you see it, mm-hmm. you got to say it. I see it. Look, I mean, I don't think I said anything that was wrong. I mean, Mac Jones' interception percentage is at 5.2 percent. I mean, you can't do that. Now you say, well, he's throwing 50-50 balls. Wait a second. Time out. Aaron Rodgers throws 50-50 balls. He doesn't have a high interception percentage. <laughs> like you've got to be able to put the ball where you need to. His QBR, not that I look at it, is is low. He's not making plays. And for me, like I said, if I were having a conversation with Mac, I'd say, Mac, look, here's the deal. You know, we're gonna to have to, if we're throwing it up the field, we've got to put the ball in the right spot. We've got to be able to make plays. But we're we rely on our intelligence, our instincts and our football acumen to be productive. And when we just give the ball away, fumbles, turnovers, it's not good. We're going to lose games. I mean, they're they're one and two because they turned the ball over. How complicated is it? Like they're a good team if they don't turn the ball over. They're not a good team when they do. That's all there is.
0: Yeah, and like you said on Tuesday, then they move the ball with ease against the Baltimore Ravens, 7.1 yards per play probably should have won that game if not for those turnovers. But we always mention turnovers are the the number one statistic that's correlated with winning and losing in the NFL. If you give the other team extra possessions, you're likely to lose that game like the Patriots did this past Sunday. Now, Mac's going to be out for several weeks, reportedly, with the the ankle sprain there, the high ankle sprain that they're they're calling it. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny from Belichick at the press conference <laughs> earlier this week saying that, hey, they don't pay me to read the MRIs. What do you guys want me to tell you? The guy's day-to-day there. <laughs> your, 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 your close friend having a little bit of fun with us folks out here in the media. Yeah, I,
1: and <laughs> I, I, if I've heard I'm not a doctor a thousand times, I love it. It's the best. When he says he's not a doctor, <laughs> and then, then he goes into it. I mean, the thing if I find fascinating, and I, and I want to write this for the Daily Coach, at some point, what the what the writers never seem to understand is, is they're never going. It, it's a mental toughness thing. Like they're never going to get him to cons- give away. So mm-hmm. like as much as they badger, like he's just going to keep giving the same answer. And what they take it personally, but what he's trying to do is demonstrate to the players that you've got to have mental toughness. No matter how hard it gets, how many questions you get asked on certain subjects, you got to you got to perform the same way every time. It's kind of a a message that he resonates with, like, you know, and it's just by his actions, not by, hey, just follow what I'm doing. And I'm not saying this is regards to how you treat the media. I'm saying this Mm -hmm. is regards to you're going to get put in situations that they're uncomfortable. You just got to have mental toughness to get through it. And I think that's the key. So for me, you know, I I laugh at it like they're actually (laughs) going to think they're going to get him to turn this thing around. Come on.
0: (laughs) In in fairness to the folks that are sitting in those press conferences, they are Paid to ask those questions, but like you said, he also doesn't have to give you uh, the the full answer and the full picture about what's going on behind the scenes as well. Uh, Speaking of another 2021 Class QB here, Mac Jones was probably the guy last year that everybody was raving about, but one thing that we always see in the NFL, water finds its level, the cream typically rises to the crop. Trevor Lawrence here in year two, now that he has an actual adult at head coach with Doug Peterson, he's really taken that leap this past week named offensive player of the week for his performance in the win against the Los Angeles Chargers. You've been saying it a lot about Trevor Lawrence. He's a good player, despite what we saw a year ago. And now it's starting to really come to light as Lawrence has really uh, separated himself, in my opinion, from the rest of the quarterbacks in his class.
1: Well, I mean, look, he got no coaching last year. They had no offense. They had no structure. I mean, you're asking a guy to go out there and just make plays. I mean, you know, that's the thing that's fascinating. It's like people just think that, you know, if you have a great quarterback, you should win. Don Shula, the winningest coach in NFL history, had Dan Marino, who I think is one of the top players of all time in the league. And he went four years without even going to the playoffs with Dan Marino. Like, it mm-hmm. just isn't all. You got to the, the great players need to get coached, right? Great players need to get developed. Great players need to be put in situations to highlight their strengths and eliminate their weaknesses. And certainly that wasn't the case last year. This year, to me, they're doing a much better job. Like, I I think you have to be very careful to be quick to dismiss quarterbacks. Like, for example, you know, I'm about ready to dismiss Justin Fields, Mm -hmm. you know, after three games. You know that. We'll get to that later. But to me, Lawrence showed that he was so inconsistent with his fundamentals, his techniques. He was like the golfer who would hit a shot and you say, wow, that's incredible. And then he'd spray three more. Like if he had a good coach on the range, you could fix it. And I think that's what he has. Plus, I think what, what finally, after week one, this team could run the football between Robinson and ATN. They could get some balance with their offense. And they don't have to necessarily just throw it 150 times i mean when peterson won a super bowl he had he had a jai and he had blunt and they both averaged over five yards a carry they had balance you know all good teams need that kind of balance and their defense has been very good
0: all right michael let's take our first break here on the pod but on the other side we're going to dive into week four starting with thursday night football between the dolphins and the Bengals. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Michael, Thursday Night Football, Amazon Prime, Dolphins visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. Right now the Bengals' three-and-a-half-point wow. favorites over at our show sponsor, DraftKings, and what should be a fun showdown between a couple of 2020 quarterbacks in Tua Tagovailoa and Joe Burrow. Tua sounds like we'll be able to play after having the back and ankle injury from this past Sunday's win over the Buffalo Bills.
1: Yeah, I mean, his injury, but Miami's secondary's beat up as well. Will Xavier Howard play, right? Holland's hurt on the injury report. I'm sure they're all going to play, but they just got done playing a doubleheader on on Sunday. They played 90 plays in the heat and humidity. I mean, I I think it's going to be a challenge for them. You know, for me, when I look at this game, Cincinnati hasn't played against a great quarterback yet, right? They go Trubisky, they get Cooper Rush, and then last week they get Joe Flacco. Now, they've only allowed 5.9 yards per attempt defensively. So they've been pretty good. And the shocking thing about this Bengal offense has been their ability to control the football. And yet they still have been a disaster on third down. They haven't been very good on third down. And they can't get the running game going. They average 3.3 yards per carry. Mixon can't get himself going. This offensive line's been a disaster. So tonight, you know, this is on paper, this is a hard matchup for Cincinnati because the front of Miami's hard to block, right? They're hard to block. And if you don't make big plays for the Cincinnati offense, that's been hard too. So in my numbers, you know, I had Miami as the favorite, but I think the reason this line has swung back to Cincinnati a at their home and b all the injuries in Miami.
0: Yeah. And I think it's an interesting matchup here from a a Miami perspective, given that they're coming off of that big win and it's two big wins come from behind victory against Baltimore the dramatic finish against Buffalo there, which is a statement kind of victory, given that the Bills are the best team in the league to be a such a quick turnaround going on the road, travel interrupted and a little bit chaotic due to Hurricane Ian. And we hope everybody out there in that area of the country is able to stay safe with this hurricane that's getting ready to hit landfall here um, just today. But I, I think it's such an interesting situation to where I almost feel like this is kind of a scheduled loss here for the Dolphins. Despite what they've shown so far, it's tough to overcome all those circumstances. Now going against a Bengals team that they don't want to go 1-3 in a difficult AFC, given that the Ravens also in their division are 2-1 and one and right now have control there in the North.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, this Miami team has been very fortunate. You know, McDaniels goes down there as this running game guru, and they haven't really been able to run the ball at all. They average three point three yards carry. Their offensive line hasn't been very good. They can't really control the football. They they're they're well behind on time of possession. Now, where they're really good is they're good on third down, and they're the most opportune team that you could be. When they get that ball in that red zone, they score. And the three drives that they had in the Buffalo game, six yard line, and then a couple, they they're able to. And their defense has made enough plays. I mean, look, they got two receivers. When you combine. The the forty catches that Hill and Waddle have together, they average seventeen point five a catch, and they have five touchdowns. They have been able to make big plays, whether it's with yards after the catch, or whether it's been with you know throwing it up the field and m- making a play against bad man coverage. So you know one thing about one thing about to me Miami is they have been effective and efficient when they get behind. They kind of can make some plays. They're gonna have to rush tonight, Cincinnati. They got to rush to it inside. Force him to play big. They got to force him to play big and take away those quick throws and they got to tackle really well. Now, like I said earlier, they only give up five point nine yards per attempt, but they haven't played against these kind of skill
0: players. Mm-hmm. It might be difficult for them to rush with DJ Reeder out for the foreseeable future for the Cincinnati Bengals. Ultimately, who wins the game tonight? You know, I I would
1: if it were me playing this, and I don't play any or recommend any Thursday night games. I would take Miami in the points. I really would. Uh, I think Cincinnati hasn't played well, really, uh, even against even against the Jets. I didn't think they played great. I thought you know, Burrow gets hit way too much. Ten point three times he drops back to pass on a percentage basis, he gets sacked. I mean, and Miami can rush a little bit. They're you know they got to make a big play. Chase is averaging twelve yards a catch, not making any explosive plays mm-hmm. down the field. So for me, I, I hate to go against Burrow. I like Burrow, but I just think Miami's the really has been the more opportunistic team, and they've played to win more. I think McDaniels has done a good job in that. He hasn't given the game away. He really hasn't given the game away, even though he hasn't been able to run it. So I would take the points. Do I think since he can win? Yeah, but I think a lot of this is going to predicate it on, the, on what we know on the
0: injury based on the secondary of Miami. Give me Cincinnati. 23-20, somewhere around there. I think the Bengals go ahead and get this victory and get to 2-2 two and two on the season. Michael, let's take another break on the other side. We'll talk about the biggest surprises so far through three weeks of the National Football League season. All right, Michael, we're through three weeks in the NFL season. Last game in September tonight on Thursday Night Football. We gave our thoughts on that one. But in your opinion, what is the biggest surprise so far through September here in the NFL? I mean, th-
1: th- there's two. The Giants win in two games and the Bears win in two games. You know, <laughs> I mean, to me, the Bears have been unbelievably, you know, last week, the, the, the Davis Mills gets a ball tipped in his back end, the, you know, and they, they win that game 23-20. San Francisco, Trey Lance turns it over in the fourth quarter. They can't do anything. I mean, they've been able to win the last two weeks with, with 48 yards. They, they got 105 yards passing against San Francisco. They got 82 yards passing against Houston in their win. You know, and so they had 281 yards rushing against Houston. They had 180 yards rushing against the Packers. I mean, think about it. I mean, when you look at it, they they can't complete a pass. I mean, they've got 23 completions in three games, and yet they got two wins. And we're in a passing league. And you say, well, they're dominating on defense. Are they really? I mean, they've turned the ball over defensively. They've got five turnovers on defense. But, I mean, people have run the ball effectively. I mean, Green Bay ran for 200 yards on them. You know, Houston was running the ball on them. I mean, San Francisco ran for 176 against them. So, to me, that they won two games is a miracle. I mean, a miracle. And they've got to be wondering, like, at what point do we decide that Justin Fields isn't our guy? At what point do we, you know, he can't complete even the most pedestrian type throws?
0: One of these two teams is going to be three and one, Michael, because they play each other I know. on
1: Sunday. <laughs> I mean, and the Giants aren't any good either. I mean, let's face it, the Giants, but give Dayball credit. He's managing the game exactly how he has to do it. They're not letting Daniel Jones beat him. They're trying to avoid that at all cost, mm-hmm. you know, and they're pl- they're slowing the game down, even though they go tempo. Don Martindale's done a good job with their defense. They've limited the big plays they give up, but when they play against a better, no, you know, they're not going to play against, I mean, they'll turn Justin Fields over three or four times. I mean, he's not going to read that coverage. He's not going to be able to reroute the protection that Martindale's overloaded. I mean, Martindale's played against the, you know the, this Packer offense, which is what they're running this West Coast. He knows the protection schemes. He's going to be able to break down the protections, and he's going to be able to get free runners now. The problem is, can you get Fields on the ground? Because to me, if I were coaching against Field, I would say he's a running back that throws the ball. He's not a quarterback who runs. That's the difference.
0: My guy Fields he's still developing. He's still developing. Like we keep said, end,
1: like we said, end of keep the season. Waiting. You and, and, and you and my family, you keep waiting. Go, keep waiting. And, I mean, but
0: by the end of the season, we'll have a, we'll have a more accurate verdict on, on Justin Fields. Oh, we're gonna have one here. Let's. <laughs> we're gonna have one here soon. Yeah. Uh, another surprise, Michael, is the the struggle of the Denver Broncos. We did the preseason pod. I said that this team is going to go ahead and win the Super Bowl. Broncos country, let's ride. So far, not so good. Despite that, though, they're two and one. On the season with wins over the Houston Texans and then Sunday night this past Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. Are you surprised by some of the struggles we've seen out in the Rocky Mountains?
1: Well, I'm surprised. I thought as bad as Russell was last year, I thought the new contract, the one, I thought he'd have that new surge that sometimes guys get. And I haven't seen that. You know, look. The the Broncos have won two games and have not played well. The Raiders haven't won a game and have given them away. It's some sometimes it's about being fortunate, right? Mm-hmm. And creating your own plays. The Raiders haven't done that. The Raiders drop the ball. Waller drops a touchdown pass. They turn it over. They miss throws. They have beaten themselves. You know, they get a penalty on a, on and on a set for on, on the two point play. So penalties within that to me. I think we're Denver. I'm I'm not surprised they can move the ball. I'm surprised they can't score. Mm-hmm. I really am, I'm surprised. I knew they would be good on defense, but I think bigger than just Denver, bigger than, than to me Hackett's mismanagement of games and understanding what it takes is I think Russell just looks very very average. I mean, he looks very very average to me. He, you know, he moved on the last drive of the game, but I don't see the Russell cooking like I like I thought I would see him this year just for a year.
0: The kitchen is currently under construction. Hopefully oh, they can get
1: it up and running by Just the order time we a burger when thing. you see Russell. Just go with the burger. You know, that's where my Uncle Fred, that's how we got the Fred Palermo. They can't cook it all good. Just get a burger. Well, that's it. Just get a burger from Russell. Just order a that's burger, it. medium rare, cheese, you know, and I'll put everything else on it. You know, just that's
0: it. Yeah, hard to screw up a burger. <laughs> but somehow the Broncos tried to do that on Sunday night. The AFC South though, Michael, what is the bigger surprise to you? The Colts disappointment or the Jaguars doing what they've been doing and out to a 2 and one start?
1: Well, I mean, anything could look better than what they had in Jacksonville last year. I mean, let's face it. I mean, Jacksonville's got good players. They had a really good draft this year. They hit on their draft picks and, and they're and they getting their quarterback to play well. So, is it a surprise? Yeah, but there was talent there that Urban destroyed and, and the culture was so bad. To me, Indianapolis' bad offensive line is shocking. I mean, that Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor can't get going. You know, to me, that's a big surprise. Tennessee... I thought Tennessee had one of the worst off seasons in all of football last year, and I think it's going to continue. I think they they stole a win from the Raiders. Credit them for winning the game, but I think it's going to be hard when you look at their numbers and you look at their talent. And now that they have some injuries, man, it's hard. I I don't see it. You know, I know this is a game where, you know, when I power rank teams, Indy's power ranking is really low. I mean, really low. I mean, they're not good in any area when you break them down. Tennessee's actually, on my board, Tennessee's more would be the favorite in the game, but there's no chance you're getting me to take Tennessee. I mean, there's no way. But Indy's, Femi, Indy is not doing anything well. I mean, you know, in terms of points scored, points allowed, drives, you just go through all the numbers, you know? It's been the only thing they've been able to do is stop the run, which they're going to have to do it this week. They're, they're the number one team in yards average rushing against them.
0: So we'll see if they can do that. I'm pretty disappointed in what I've seen from Indy. This was a team that I thought was going to be really good this year, and now there's still a little bit of time for them to gel and and get better as we head into October and November in the back half of the season. But so far, it's been bad. I expected more from Matt Ryan. That offensive line, like you mentioned, the offensive line was supposed to be the strength of the team, and then week in, week out, they've been getting their tails kicked uh, in these games, so they they got to get that situation. Really?
1: When you look at it, you know, we talk about all this skill stuff, right? I mean, Matt Ryan's getting sacked 9.3% of the time he drops oh. back to pass. I mean, Carson Wentz getting sacked over 10. Joe Burrow gets sacked over 10. Like, like at some point, who's going to protect the quarterback? And and the rules to protect the quarterback. But, you know, Matt Ryan's getting the shit kicked
0: out of him. I mean, literally. I mean, he's getting killed. He got 12 sacks in three games. It's bad. But if you can't block, you can't score. And Indies has trouble scoring there because yep. they can't block. Finally, the undefeateds, Michael, the Dolphins, the Eagles. I think we both agree that the Eagles are likely to be the team that's undefeated the longest going into this season here. But uh is this Eagles, despite what we talked about this offseason about the talent on the roster, is this a surprise to you that the Eagles have made it look not necessarily easy, but just more so impressive through three games?
1: No, I mean they've been very good. They scored, you know, they've outscored most people in the second quarter than they have all year. Like I said last week, they got 65 points in the second quarter. I think the Giants have 56 total points in three games. No, I'm not surprised by it. I mean, the Eagles are playing Gonzaga's schedule in basketball. I mean, let's face it. I mean, they're playing Gonzaga's schedule. I mean, you know, this will be a hard game. I think this will be a good game. We'll see if they're – but last week it was a joke. I mean, Washington would have been – I mean, why doesn't he even block them at all? I mean, it was embarrassing. The game was over so quick. I think this will be a challenge for them. We'll see. I think, but they're playing Gonzaga schedule. I mean, they got Green Bay, but who else are they? Who else? Like, tell me where they get five losses. Tell me where they get you know four losses. How can't they be thirteen and four? Barring injury, that's why I, I don't see them. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm saying they they're going to be able to go through this thing with home field advantage. I'm not surprised. Miami, look, how many times in life can you come back from that that what they came back from? without even going to overtime scoring 28 points mm-hmm. in 21 plays against Baltimore. And then if that wasn't enough for you to believe, the next week a game book for the ages. A game book for the ages. Like nobody, like there's no way you can look at this game book, how did Miami win? They've done it two weeks in a row now. Two weeks in a row. And the f- opening game, the the Patriots, you know, interception the end zone. I know it was a 50-50 ball that they, they you know, a, a 50-50 <laughs> ball like that's supposed to mean something, right? And then and then, uh, you know, Holland fumble touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, like seriously, the the Patriots give them points. They gave them ten points, and they and they win. So, I'm not taking anything away from Miami. They've been able to win games. You just got to be how how much further can that continue?
0: I think it ends tonight against Cincinnati. But Michael, let's you take, hope. Let's take one final break. We'll get to Sunday's slate here on the other side. It's the GM shuffle with Michael Lombardi. All right, Michael, before we get out of here, of course, we got to go down Sunday's slate. And let's start overseas, across the pond. Over in London, the international series kicks off with the Vikings taking on the New Orleans Saints. Our show sponsor, DraftKings, has the Vikings' two-and-a-half-point favorites. But we're still a little... Weary about who might play quarterback for New Orleans. Jameis Winston not seen at practice for a second consecutive day. Andy Dalton getting some of those first team reps here as the Saints try to get back into the win column against the Vikings who are sitting at 2-1. and one.
1: Yeah, I mean, this one's surprising to me. I mean, Minnesota, I mean, we could do a 30-for-30 30 30 on Dan Campbell's game management in the fourth quarter. I mean, we really could. I mean, it's almost like he said to uh, Kevin... O'Connell, you just win the game. It's okay. Like, I'm going to make every decision I make is going to be the wrong one. It's like, okay, flip a coin. I wanted to do this. I should have done that. Like, it was so bad. Like, Minnesota coming back from 24-14 in the fourth, when the game, like, every time I watch a game, I don't know if you do, there's always a point when I was in the league. A, I always would say, how many points do we need to win? Mm -hmm. And then there's always a point in the game, and this could happen in the first quarter, second quarter, or third quarter or fourth, where you say to yourself, we got to win the game on this drive. We got to win the game on, this is the most important drive of the game. I said that twice in the fourth quarter with the Lions. First time I said it was after Dalvin Cook fumbled. And of course, they butchered that drive. They went three and out after that. That That was atrocious. And then they get a stop on Minnesota again. And next thing you know, they can't get that done. And then for some reason... Like, they, they, they do the, okay, you got them, I got them, nobody has them. They doubled, they mm-hmm. doubled Justin Jefferson, but, I mean, Thielen's running wide-ass open, and, and so is KJ, and, and the other kids running open. Like, I mean, I, I didn't get it, but, I mean, I don't know how good Minnesota is, to be honest. After the last two weeks, I, I'm kind of down on them. I thought they'd be better defensively. So, I know everybody's betting Minnesota. I mean, I have this as a 1.37 game. Mm-hmm. The Saints are getting two and a half. If I had to play it, I would
0: take I would take the Saints. Minnesota, yeah, their defense is not – it's not good. It's not good at all. No. Uh, and I'm waiting. To, if, if it ends up being Dalton as the starter and this line gets to three and a half, four maybe, I think you got to bet New Orleans at that point because I don't think the Vikings are good enough to be laying but that I, kind of i point.
1: warn you, though. I'm going to warn you now. I'm going to warn you, Femi. Okay. If Mr. Cousins gets hit over on the pond and he falls down and, he, and, and all of a sudden he's worried about Cam Jordan, he's worried about all those guys at Davenport, he's worried about getting hit, and they do a good job of taking Justin Jefferson out of the game, and they take, you know, all of a sudden, where's he going with the ball? You're going to regret that. You're going yeah. to regret that. Oh, yeah. Sorry, because sorry. he can play down to the level of cop yes. now. I mean, as good as he is, if he gets hit in that first quarter over there, you know, I mean, it, it, it could get ugly.
0: Yeah, I, I misspoke. I meant to say New Orleans would be the side that I would like to bet, not Minnesota yeah. if it ends up yeah, getting there four. Go. So, yeah, cause, yeah, I don't want anything to do with Minnesota based on what I've seen so far through three weeks. Jaguars at Eagles. The Jags are the toast of the town in the AFC. The Eagles might be the toast of the town in the old National Football League at 3-0. and oh Right now, Philadelphia's six-and-a-half-point favorites. Doug Peterson making his return to Lincoln Financial Field. How do you see this one playing out Sunday afternoon?
1: Well, I I think, look, this is giant step up for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can they match the level? The Eagles are really good in both the offensive and defensive line. I I worry about Jacksonville's offensive line. Washington beat it up pretty good when they played there. It's one of the reasons they didn't win the game, besides Peterson going forward on fourth down, missing field goals and all that. I I think this is a game that gets into the fourth quarter. I think Philly's strength in both lines takes over. At 6.5, I I, I have this as a 4.43 game. Mm. I would lean towards taking Jacksonville. I worry about their field goal situation in a close game. I'm not comfortable there, but I think they'll play well, and I think their skill will show up. I think this will be a great game. I think it's going to be – one. it's an unexpected good game in week four.
0: As good as Jacksonville has been, and we talked about Trevor Lawrence saying his praises earlier, if you think about the Colts game, the Colts were missing some key players, the two wide receivers in Pittman and Pierce, also no Shaquille Leonard. And then also against the Chargers, they have a number of injuries as well. They're now facing a healthy team that's pretty darn good. Like you said, I think this is a step up in competition. I think I'm going to bet the Philadelphia Eagles, to be quite honest. Yeah, here I, in this
1: game. I would urge people to, to watch this. Don't bet this. Because hmm. I don't think we actually... Oh, Michael, I, look, I love Michael, we
0: we got to fire away, buddy. <laughs> yeah, fire away. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> we got to fire away, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll get 272 of these games, man. <laughs> uh. Um, what might be the game of the day, and I'm really looking forward to seeing this one, Bills Ravens, potential AFC playoff implications, right now Buffalo three point favorites in Baltimore over at DraftKings, two of the leading MVP candidates, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, what more could you want on a Sunday afternoon?
1: Well, I think Lamar's playing right now I I think Lamar's playing as good as ever, I mean really is, and Mm -hmm. look I think Buffalo, their defense will play really well I think there's no doubt. I mean, Baltimore is the number one team in points per play. I mean, they just they, – they he's playing at, at a level better than the 19th season, you know, and and, and he's doing it with – he's the leading rusher on the team. I mean, this is a game – this is a single-win game. They should, they should call this the single-win game because both quarterbacks <laughs> are going to lead their team in rushing. Both quarterbacks are going to basically determine who wins the game, right, you know, with their play. And Baltimore's defense, I don't think I've ek- – it's not good. Michael Pierce, now their inside tough guy. He's out for the year with a bicep. I think it's going to be hard. You can run the ball on Buffalo. I mean, New England, if New England would have run the ball more in the game, I think both backs were averaging over five yards a carry. They got behind. They turned the ball over. But I, I think if you're Buffalo, you could really run. you got to control the pace of the game. you got to limit the amount of time Lamar's on the field. But, you know, he was only on the field a little bit from the Miami game, and he was making explosive plays. So I think it's a great game. I have this is a four point one two game favoring Buffalo. Mm-hmm. The Lions three and a half. You know, I mean that's a pretty tight margin there. I probably just would, would would not recommend it, but I think it'll be a fun game. I hate going against Baltimore in a really tight game in a three and a half because of the kicker.
0: And this could be a game that gets affected by the weather of Hurricane Ian as well. I think they're expecting yeah, some rain. rain out there in Baltimore, so yeah. that could throw some things off as well. But Buffalo sneakily getting a pretty solid injury report on Wednesday we'll see what Thursday and Friday comes out but i know Jordan Poirier was able to practice Dane Jackson the cornerback who looked like he had a really devastating neck injury he's back on the practice field as well we'll see if he plays but i think buffalo's getting a little bit healthier we all saw the injuries last week but i don't think they're going to be as injured as they were against the dolphins i had, i would lean buffalo honestly in this spot because of what we've seen from baltimore defensively patriots baltimore's
1: not good defensively yeah they're bad at all.
0: they're bad They're they're bad. It's it's all on Lamar. And so far, Lamar's been able to carry it. But against a juggernaut like the Bills, I don't know if he can get it done there. If he does, make him the MVP favorite by a long shot. Patriots and the Packers. Green Bay, nine and a half point favorites over at DraftKings. This will likely, not official, but likely be Brian Hoyer starting at quarterback for the New England Patriots. Green Bay offensively hasn't looked impressive. But you got to think that this is a pretty good spot given New England's situation at quarterback.
1: Yeah, I mean the over/unders at forty and a half, and and the Packers are almost a ten-point favorite. And look, I, I don't mean this disrespectful to Mac Jones, but how how much worse could Brian Hoyer play than what Mac Jones has done turning the ball over? Right? Like, is it going to be like I have this as a five-point-five game? Green Bay should be favorite, like nine and a half. Like, is is Mac Jones worth worth four points in that area? The way he's played, you know, the way he's turned the ball over. I, I kind of doubt that. I really do. I, I mean, I think New England will move the ball. I think they'll be able to run it. And I don't think Green Bay is explosive. I mean, Green Bay had a hard time, other than the first two drives, they had a hard time moving the ball against Tampa. So I, I think it's a close game. I really do. I, I Do I think New England wins? No, but I think it's a closer game.
0: We always see these teams with these backup quarterbacks, at least the initial game, play up to – the competition of the opposition, so I can see this being a closer game than what people think, but a game that I'm not going to bet because I don't really want to bet on Brian Hoyer. Finally, Sunday Night Football: Chiefs and the Buccaneers. We believe this game will be played in Tampa Bay, but if it's not, could be in Minnesota due to Hurricane Ian. But regardless, Chiefs Bucks right now at DraftKings: Chiefs one point favorites total 45 in a rematch of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago.
1: You know, I have this as the Chiefs should be a 2.18 favorite, 2.81. They're a two point favorite. Uh, I think you got before you play this one, fam, you got to check the injury report. If they get mm-hmm. Godwood back, we know Mike Evans is back, right? Yep. If he gets better receivers, I think he'll be able to to move the football against, which I think Kansas City's defenses play well. I think it's going to be fun to watch Kansas City's offense against Todd Bowles and his defense. I think it's a good matchup because I think they'll play man to man. And I think they'll put pressure on the homes because I think this offensive line, particularly at left tackle and at right tackle, they haven't protected very well. And they're not explosive on offense. I mean, they don't put the fear of God. You got to take Kelsey away. the The Colts didn't on one drive and they scored. You got to treat Kelsey. Kelsey's a wide receiver. He's not. A, he's a wide receiver. You got to double mm-hmm. him on every play, high low. But and I think Bulls will. I mean, it's going to be a fun game to watch. I favor taking Kansas City, but I'm not sold that Kansas City's offense is back yet.
0: The mayor of Tampa, this from Adam Schefter just moments ago, is lobbying to keep Sunday night's game. In Tampa, uh, I don't know what that even means. It's all gonna <laughs> come up to what happens with Hurricane Ian. You can lobby as much as you want, but it's yeah. gonna be to the Looks weather. like they that got a lot of cleaning up to do there. Yeah. I mean, I
1: feel. I mean, that's look that that was, that was then a lot of cleaning up to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. We obviously we hope that everybody out in that area is able to stay safe. All the listeners and viewers in the Florida region and also just the Southeast region in general that could be affected by Hurricane Ian. Michael, I bet the Bucks at plus three, so let's go Tom Brady oh, go. on Sunday Night Football. But it might be void if they move the game to Minneapolis. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, that does it for this week's edition of the podcast. Michael, uh, always fun with you as well. We'll be back Monday. We yes. will be back Monday. We will be back on Monday to react to everything we see in week number four, Thursday and Sunday. Thank you to our producer, Stephen Bond, as always, on the ones and twos. Thank you to DraftKings and to Visa. And thanks to all of you guys listening and watching. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll talk to you guys Monday to recap everything from over the weekend.